This is the Tallahassee Business Podcast, bringing you engaging conversations with influential members of the community that you need to know. This episode is brought to you by Mill Creek Financial Consultants. At Mill Creek Financial Consultants, we offer more than just financial planning. We develop a relationship with you that helps you avoid common missteps, make confident decisions, and put your assets to work so you can enjoy the peace of mind that comes from financial security. Don't delay your important financial decisions any longer. Schedule a time to meet with our Mill Creek Financial Advisors and begin the journey towards achieving your dreams by visiting MillCreekFinancialConsultants.com. No investment strategy can ensure peace of mind, assure profit, or guarantee against loss. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Hello, everybody. This is Sue Dick, President and CEO of the Greater Tallahassee Chamber of Commerce. Happy to be sitting here with Monique Ellsworth, CEO of Second Harvest of the Big Ben. Hi, Monique. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for coming in. I know your schedule is just super busy. You're running a tremendous organization and doing so much, not only for our community, uh, but for our region. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But for those listeners who don't know you, which I find that shocking, (laughs) that don't know you, maybe just a a little brief uh, intro and bio on both you personally and professionally and how you found yourself in this important role. Um, Well, I went to the University of Florida for my undergrad, and I came here for grad school. I wanted to study social work, and there was um, no MSW in Gainesville. So came to Tallahassee um, against my dad's wishes and uh, went to um, Florida State University and got my master's degree. And then I got into the PhD program, and I did five years there, um, but I was working at the Kearney Center at the time. So I was their um, executive director and full-time PhD student, and that was just too much weight. Um, so I'm a PhD dropout um, after five years, And uh, but I decided that I just really wanted to invest my time, energy, and effort into serving the community. And uh, so I was with the, the Kearney Center and many of its iterations from 2000. Um, 12 till 2019. And in Mm -hmm. 2019, I joined the Second Harvest team as their CEO, and I've been there for about three and a half years now. Well, we're glad you're here in this community. Your your work is so important. And I know a lot of people, a lot of our listeners know Second Harvest of the Big Ben, or they think they know Second Harvest of the Big Ben. So let's maybe take this approach. If we were to ask someone, tell us about what you know about Second Harvest of the Big Ben. What are the two to three descriptors that most people would say? Well, I think the people probably associate us with food. So they've either participated in doing food drives at their churches, um, their civic groups, at home perhaps. And so they know that we accept food and that we also distribute food. I think that they probably would know that we serve counties outside of Leon Mm -hmm. County so that we're more regional in nature. Um, And I believe that in the past few years, um, our visibility has really increased because of our response to COVID-19. So I think that people have seen us as a kind of a disaster response organization. Those might be the the three top okay. things that they would know right now. All right. So, and, and most people, like I said, that know you and know the work that your board of directors really uh, puts into this and in leadership, what are the two to three uh, activities or initiatives or efforts that you are currently doing that people would just probably stop and say, wow, and grateful that you're in the community? Well, um, I really do think that the pandemic provided lots of opportunities for businesses and nonprofits alike to expand the way that they interact and serve their community. And we were no different. So um, a lot of what we saw in our response to families that were really struggling during the pandemic was that they were using um, what was oftentimes limited funds to 
cover a lot of needs in the household. And what we watched was it wasn't just needing to cover food. We saw that folks were going without food because other necessary things like buying diapers for their children was a necessary uh, a necessity in their home mm-hmm. and a strain on their on their budget, mm-hmm. um, as well as like um, feminine products, period products. Mm-hmm. And so we um, very quickly during the pandemic jumped on community wide efforts to raise awareness and do drives um, to make sure that we were supporting um, women and families in our community that needed either wow. of those two items. Okay. Um, we also found that because we are our service area is so rural in nature, we're in 16 counties. So from like the I-75, I-10 kind of crossroads all the way over to Gulf County, 16 counties. And in each of those counties, there's huge rural pockets. And although we have partner agencies in each of our counties, it's not uncommon for us to find areas where there are, are families in need, but they don't have access to a pantry through a nonprofit partner mm-hmm. or a school or a senior center. And so through some funding that we got from Publix, we've been able to purchase a, um, it's a mobile unit that we'll be able to pull behind a pickup truck. And it actually gives a shopping retail experience Mm -hmm. for families in those communities. We'll be able to pull up and someone will be able to either use a wheelchair up a ramp on the side or walk up the steps and truly walk through the center of it. And they can get frozen and refrigerated goods as well as dry goods right there. So we can bring, be very targeted, laser focused on where we bring food. Um, and the, the, the third thing that we're really excited about, and this is, is happening as we speak, um, feeding America is very concerned with, um, and as are we, but with, uh, food waste, um, they estimate that anywhere between like 35 to 40% of all food that is harvested or processed in America is, um, disposed of in the landfill. And that's not because it was pushed off of somebody's plate because they just didn't finish it. It was because of true breakdowns in the supply chain. And so they are right now very focused on what can be done to stand between um, protein production and the waste of that protein. So they did a survey of America to try and identify where they could develop protein hubs. And Second Harvest of the Big Bend luckily was approached with a opportunity to build out what is being called a protein repacking room. And it'll give us the chance to actually say yes to current donations that we get offered that we have to say no to because we don't have a USDA approved um, grant of inspection clean room where we can process protein. And uh, in the next 90 days, we will be fully functional and then working on our grant of inspection so that we can operate as our region's um, uh, a charitable protein processing. Wow, that's innovative. Well, congratulations. And I, I think that's a real testimony when you are sought after because that, that's a reputational nod saying they trust you and they, they know the need is there. Question on that, it, will that be a delivery? Is that a walk to or drive to to gather or will you be distributing from that location as well? Just maybe a little detail on the protein repacking facility. So what will happen is after we receive the product, we'll be able to basically repackage it so that it's easier for families to, to store it. So an example is sometimes we get offered 60 pound bags of um, chicken thighs, but no family has room in their freezer for a 60 pound right, bag. Right. So this allows us to break that down. What we're going to be able to do with it is distribute it to our partners who can give it to families. But beyond that, we're actually going to be a supplier to other food banks and serve regionally. Wow. There's not another pro- program like this until Tennessee. Oh, wow. So we'll be serving multiple states. Well, and you talked about partnerships. What are some of the unique partnerships that you have? 
Um, well, we are a host site for the Division of Emergency Management. So in the event that there is a natural disaster, fire, flood, tornado, hurricane in any of our 16 counties, um, the emergency management programs within those counties can actually escalate their needs up to the state level. And the state uh, Division of Emergency Management calls us and mm -hmm. they give us what's called a mission. And we have to respond with MREs and water um, with it usually within about 10 hours um, to get much needed supplies to areas that are needs. So that's a really interesting partnership that we have. Um, uh, the newest one, something we're really excited about, is the College of Medicine here at Florida State University is looking to open up a new uh, pantry on campus um, for med students. Um, and so we're really excited to see uh, student hunger being something that FSU is really taking a, a time to explore and, and resolve. Well, you know, we talked about this a little bit already, uh, your leadership and then your board. You, um, you're you a 501c3, so you're a nonprofit, but you operate like a, I'm going to say a business, but you, you're based on what we've just heard, you're also operating with multiple enterprises. And, and I think that really is a testament to how lucky we are in the area and the region. So talking about that, knowing how important it is to have a strong team around you, I think you said you have maybe 40 team members and what are some of the things that you do? Obviously, as the CEO, you're motivated and inspired, but you have to lead. And and some of the things that we continue to hear about, and we love talking our, our CEOs and our business owners, are what are some of the things that you've done, really, because it's hard. Work is hard. Uh, individuals have professional lives, but personal lives that draw. And then, really, what you all are doing is so important and touch so many families. So what are some of the things that you've done to really be in that leadership role as a, as a CEO? Um, I think the biggest thing that we have to do as an organization is make sure that our team knows that we truly love them and we care about them as individuals. And the way that we're able to um, communicate that has been um, every year doing salary studies and making sure that we're competitive among Feeding America network food banks so we get to compare how competitive we are across our um, particular industry. Um, so we're paying uh, at a competitive rate. Um, but we also are making sure that we're investing in our team. And this past year, we've had a number, or I guess it was really last year, we had a, a number of um, uh, teammates who commented on the fact that they just didn't know how to plan for their future. And we realized that as we serve our neighbors and we're trying to establish food security and stability in the homes of neighbors that Second Harvest is serving with its partners, we also needed to do that same work mm -hmm. for our staff. And so um, that really spurred on a, a series that we implemented internally of financial literacy and financial planning. And so we actually brought a lot of our banking partners in to do classes um, just for our team on credit um, uh, how to pay down debt. Uh, um, a number of, of groups came in to talk explicitly about how to plan for futures. And this isn't necessarily a testimony of what Second Harvest did. I mean, this is a lot of work for our team and their families as well. But in the last year, four of our teammates have actually bought their first oh, homes, that's um, which is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That make, um, listeners can't see, but that does make you smile. Mm -hmm. and it makes you makes it realize how worth it it is. Well, I know that um, I know you're planning for the future. You all have recently announced a capital campaign. Um, like the Chamber of Commerce, we have a board of directors, and we couldn't do what we do without our volunteers. And I know you have two co-campaign chairs, uh, Tracy and Jeremy Cohen, and they are just tremendous business owners and volunteers and just a great uh, part of our community. So maybe talk a little bit about what the goals are for that and, and why that's so important for our community. Sure, yeah. So luckily enough, um, 
Second Harvest Home, when we purchased the property that we're on, we're actually on 12 acres. So we're built out on six of them. So we have a six additional acres on site that we can expand programming into. And as, we, as we've grown into the building that we moved into in 2018, we've really had to work around everything that was already in place there. It was a seafood processing um, facility, actually. And uh, because of Feeding America adding five additional counties to our service area starting in January of this year and us seeing such a new number of people in need of our services and that new number really being sustained um, long term now, uh, we know that we have a greater role and responsibility to be bringing in more food, making sure that we're running as efficiently as possible, our pallet turns are good, and we just have run out of room. Um, so what we're going to be doing on site is expanding our building out some so that we can move our volunteer area and our admin areas into a, a, a new build that will just be an extension of our current warehouse. And that alone will increase our capacity by 70%, wow. allowing okay. us to source right. that much more food and push right. that much into the community. Jeremy and Tracy are incredible. Not only have they just been long-term volunteers um, and supporters of Second Harvest, but getting on board and really buying into this vision and knowing that, you know, we've, we just celebrated our 40 years, but we need to be pre prepared for the next 40 years of our, our organization. Well, and for the listeners that want to get involved or um, participate, what's the best way to find out more about Second Harvest or to get in contact with you or Tracy or Jeremy, not just on the capital campaign, but to volunteer? Sure. So there are three ways that we just invite people to participate with us. The easiest way is to follow us on social media and help share what we're doing. You yourself might be in need. There might be somebody in your network who's in need, and they might not be someone that's following our page. So if you're reposting what we're posting, you're sharing information about distributions coming up, that's going to help get the word out to people who otherwise might not know about the work that's happening, hopefully right in their neighborhood and what resources exist there. In the event that you have time to give, we cannot do our work without volunteers. We have about 40 people in our warehouse in our morning shift and a new set of 40 people in our afternoon shift, Monday through Friday, and then we usually have a couple things happening on Saturdays. So lots of ways for full families or individuals to get involved. Um, and then finally, of course, um, cash is an incredible um, way to support what we're doing. The dollars donated really stretch. For every dollar that's donated, it allows us to buy additional food that would eventually, when kind of matched up with all the donations that we get, it allows for four meals um, per dollar donated. So we can really do magic um, with, with, the, with the funds that are donated by our community. Community. And you all are constantly doing programs in the community. This weekend, you have one mighty meal. So maybe talk a little bit about that before we wrap up. Yeah, so we have a wonderful, strong, long-standing partnership with the Junior League of Tallahassee. And they had the great thought um, to make sure that we were supporting families during um, spring break. So what they came up with was um, a way to make sure that families had enough food when schools closed and those children don't have access to free and reduced breakfast and lunch. So what we're doing this Saturday at the Governor's Square Mall is we're going to be distributing huge boxes of food to we're prepared for 1,000 families Saturday morning. So if um, anybody listening knows of someone who might be in need or they themselves might be a uh, uh, well served by that support. We invite families across our community to come out and receive some charitable food um, that hopefully will make it a little bit easier for families to enjoy time together this spring break. Well, Monique, thanks for all you do. What's the website for more information as well? Fightinghunger.org. Okay. Well, we'll have you back uh, soon to provide more updates on what's going on. But um, again, so important the work that you do. So thanks for um, for your time and sharing it with everybody. Of course. Thanks for having me out.